You're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is Stephanie. And in this episode, we are discussing episode three of season four of Orphan Black, The Stigmata of Progress. And while we will talk about anything and everything that happened in that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. So what'd you think about this episode, Stephanie? You know, I liked it fine. It felt like a transition episode. And the because the ending felt really weird. It was like, oh, it's ending there. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> the scene that it ended on with Rachel and Professor Duncan just it felt like it should have been more in the middle of an episode somewhere. But I thought overall it was there was parts that I really, you know, really got me laughing and I really enjoyed them. There was upsetting parts. So it felt like a typical Orphan Black episode, right? <laughs> That's true. I will say like, to me, that ending scene didn't feel off necessarily as an ending scene because there's that creepy, like the super creepy moment mm-hmm. <laughs> that Orphan Black does kind of like to end on. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I, I see that you're ending there, show. Because <laughs> big reveal about we're trying to make better people. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like it was it was a creepy moment, but it wasn't quite as like bam, high stakes of a moment as they often end on where, you know, it looks like somebody's going to be killed or they make some sort of shocking discovery. You know what I mean? So it's not like it was a bad ending. It just it surprised me when the episode came to the end to an end. It didn't feel like they were ramping up to the ending at that point. Okay, I I guess I disagree with you. But (laughs) like the musical cues were signaling end of episode, big reveal kind of thing. Anyway, but that was to me, to me, it was that way. I enjoyed the episode, but I do agree with you that it was more moving the story along kind of stuff than anything else. Mm -hmm. But there was some good stuff that we found out, including that Felix has found his half-sister, maybe? Oh, I hate her. I'm not surprised. (laughs) She was on screen, I'm like, "Mm, I don't think Stephanie's going to like this. (laughs) I hate her so much, and I don't trust her either. Well, you can't trust anybody on this show, really. I know, but I super don't trust her. Like, it's not even just, I'm not trusting her because I'm watching Orphan Black and therefore I don't trust anybody. Like, I super don't trust her. Okay, why? (sighs) Or is it unquantifiable? It's unquantifiable. I think the strong southern accent does her no favors for me. (laughs) (laughs) The strong attempt at a (laughs) southern accent, I should say. Like, what? what is that even? I'm not sure. I'm not the sure. The fact that she's such an enabler when it comes to drinking and doing drugs, I, no, do not trust her. That Those questions that she was asking him, I don't know. I just don't trust her. I don't trust her. I don't trust her either, but I also am not quite sure why. <laughs> it's, it's mostly because it's Orphan Black, and she just, I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time... I'm trying to be patient because I get where Felix is coming from. I think it's perfectly normal and natural and great that he wants to try to find his biological family. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, do you have to be so hostile towards Sarah, Felix? <laughs> but, at the, but at the same time, I understand because I feel like, not and not just Felix, I think Sarah is taking the people who love her the most in her life for granted a bit right now. Right. And it's one of those things, like, you get why Sarah's doing it, but you get why people are mad at her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As is always the case, really, right? I mean, that's been happening the entire series. But yeah, I felt bad for really both of them when when Sarah showed up, just sort of expecting to Felix come join her for another 
potentially really dangerous <laughs> investigation, which, no, Sarah, you need to stop doing that. Yeah, I know. Although I have to, this is so random, but I'm going to say it anyway. Felix's eye makeup. Do we think that was inspired by Helena? <laughs> I wasn't sure for, for the first scene where he was actually in the loft, if that was actual eye makeup or if his eyes were supposed to be red because he and his sister had just been drinking and doing drugs for so long. Right, um, me too. But then when they're outside in the hall, there's the close-up exactly, and it's like, like oh, oh, it's makeup. Okay. <laughs> it's hot pink eyeshadow. And he even did little wings on, in, the, in the eyeliner. So yep. good, good job, Felix. Yeah, I think maybe it might be. Yeah. <laughs> inspired by Helena. I certainly had that thought, too. It's like, hmm, I wonder how that would look on me. <laughs> I think you really got to be a certain person, type of person to pull that look off, you know? Yep. Either a Helena or a Felix. <laughs> <laughs> For Felix's sake, I hope that I can trust his sister and she turns out to be not as horrible as she seems in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole... Was it a lawyer that she was until she mm -hmm. was disbarred or something? Mm -hmm. I just, it's like, I would believe it if it's true, but at the same time, it's really suspicious. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, the, and this just popped into my head. Is it possible that part of his biological sister's appeal is that she's a bit more like Sarah was a year ago, a year and a half ago? Mm-hmm. Whereas Sarah is, yes, I think her life is a little bit more together in a lot of ways, which is good. But now she's got all of this stuff going around her life that doesn't involve Felix and is a little, it, you know, it's difficult to keep up with. I don't know. That just popped in my head. Maybe that's part of the appeal. It could be. Is that it's just kind of easy. It's like, yes, we're going to drink and do drugs and it's fun and whatever. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah, because it seems like the easiest we see... Sarah and Felix's relationship is when Sarah's sort of in that middle ground where she's back, but she's trying to get her life back together, but all mm -hmm. the other stuff hasn't happened yet. Exactly. And and while all the other stuff really prompted Sarah's getting her act together, I think there was a little bit of a, a grace period, if you will, where the full force and effect of the clone situation hadn't really come into play yet. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, maybe it is Felix... Longing for the old days, yeah. I'd buy that. But Sarah doesn't tell him about the maggot bot, and that made me sad. Yeah. But it did make me happy to see that she immediately went to art. <laughs> and it's reminiscent of the first episode of the season, right? Where we see Beth and Paul have a really upsetting confrontation, and Beth goes to art. You know, like, that's the person they can both turn to when things are upsetting. Thankfully, Sarah and, and Art did not sleep together. That would have been weird. but <laughs> It would have been, yes. Yes, but Art was there for her and was able to, to help her out. Even though he didn't go with her to investigate the dental clinic, which I wish he had, he, he was able to provide her some assistance, which I think she wanted from Felix a little bit, too, besides just the emotional support. It kind of feels like Art's apartment is maybe the new safe space on yeah, the show because it I used agree. to be Felix's loft, but I think too many things have happened at Felix's loft at this point. Yeah, and it's been transformed. He repainted it. It feels different and a little off there. And I think they did that intentionally, set design wise. Right. Right. But you know, we got to see Art with his daughter in their apartment. It feels homey and comforting there. Right. And I mean Art's such a reliable guy. Like he's gruff, don't get yeah. me wrong, but he's dependable. Mm hmm. Which is why I like art so much. And I feel like he's getting some nice story this season so far. You know, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I like that he we see him like confronting Duco in the police station. I'd love for him to be on screen a little bit more, but I feel like so far he's getting some good story. Yep. And upon seeing Duco in in the present time, it's like, oh, I guess he's not dead. <laughs> yes, he is not dead. Because we speculated about that before. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> check and check. Not dead. Got it. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of need to keep a scorecard with this show. I'm just saying. He's still wearing my father's glasses, though. I wonder when he's going to give those back. <laughs> is, is your dad okay? Can he still see? You know, I think he's got some reading glasses. I think those are doing him okay in the time beating. But come on, Duco, you got to give them back. Okay. I'm sure he'll get right on that. Speaking of glasses, we got an email from Bradley asking if it looked like one of the dentists at the office that Sarah went to was wearing Grotter Mars glasses. And yes, he was. Uh-huh. I, it was a very weird, surreal moment. Those like, wait a minute. <laughs> but, I think, but I think he, I think he I was... I think his patient was a child. So yeah. I think he was like goofing off to... Put the child at ease. Yeah, because dentists can be really scary, right? Like, I know a lot of adults are just terrified of the dentist, so I think you're right. I think he was trying to be a little goofy and silly to take care of the, ease the child's worries. But that was just so weird. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) What is happening? I wonder, though, since he was, this is because it's Orphan Black, could that be a caster clone behind those Groucho Marx glasses, and that's why they were partially obscuring his face? Hmm. Ira's outfit does kind of look like an old school... A old school doctor. Yeah. That is wild speculation, which is probably wrong, but it just popped <laughs> no, in my head. I'm I'm joking <laughs> about Ira, but 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 because when they first showed Ira, I knew he was gonna be somebody familiar because they kept having the light kind of obscure his face for the first half of the scene. I'm like, Oh, it's gonna be somebody we know. Like, oh, there's a caster. Oh, as soon yep. as he started talking, I knew it was Ari. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I know that voice. <laughs> you can't fool I, me, show. I didn't recognize the voice as much, but I I did think like, okay. I knew it was familiar, but I couldn't place it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sounds like Ari. <laughs> and my dad's like, what? And then they showed him and my dad goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but since we're talking about Sarah at the, the dentist office, <laughs> Sarah's hoodie of invisibility strikes again. <laughs> I know. It's like she puts that hood up and nobody sees her. <laughs> To me, I would think that'd make her even more obvious and sketchy looking, but that's that's just me. It's cold in Toronto, Stephanie. <laughs> okay. I guess. I don't know. And I love it. I, I should be used to it now, I guess, but I, I loved it that, you know, she wandered back and one of the nurses thought she was Beth. Like, I should see these things coming now, but I just, I still was surprised by that. I was like, ooh, Beth has been here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like those moments, too. And it it always feels like Sarah kind of feels like that, too. Like, what? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, yeah. But darn it, whatever her name was. <laughs> Blonde hygienist person. Like, was she a hygienist? Was she a... I don't know what she was, but... I don't know. Dental person. But darn it. <laughs> I didn't think I could trust her either when she started talking to to Sarah and was like, oh, no, wait here. I'll help you. Like, no, 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 Sarah, run. Sarah, I know. run. Especially when she got that call... Sarah got a call and she silenced it. I'm like, I bet that's Kasima calling about the maggot bot that Donnie and Allison fished out. You should answer that call, Sarah. I just, I knew nothing good was going to happen. I forget, was it Kasima or was it Mrs. S? There was a call early in the episode when she was going to see MK's contact. That was from S. Okay. And then she got one at the clinic and they they didn't show the caller ID, but okay. they just showed her turning off the phone. It could have been Mrs. S calling too. 
In my head, though, I thought it might have been Kasima since it was not long after the scene where we saw that fantastic Skype call between Kasima and Allison and, Do- and Allison and Donnie. <laughs> oh man! But we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, of course, like of course, they had to set it in a dental office because, like, really, is there anything creepier than dental equipment? I don't actually get that creeped out by dentistry stuff, but there was a they were really hitting a lot of buttons that are uncomfortable for people in this episode. We had the needle in the eye moment, which I know also, a lot of people like full body cringe from me. See, it doesn't bother me. I wear contacts. I'm used to eye stuff. Mm. And then but and it's then like the a dentistry. needle in the eye. <laughs> stuff in the eye bothers me. <laughs> Dental equipment freaks me out a little. This Dental was- pain is a big deal for people too. I feel like they were really pushing pushing some buttons that are there for a lot of people in regards to squeamishness. This episode was like designed to just give me like the full body cringe because a, like, a, a lot of stuff, gross stuff a lot of stuff doesn't bother me that much even the the freaky maggot bot thing like that video it, it kind of bothers me but it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers probably a lot of people i watched it this time last time i closed my eyes because i thought his head was gonna go splody i can watch it but if it had gone splody i couldn't watch it okay but yeah <sighs> needles and eyes and like the creepy dental equipment thing that was like holding her mouth open. That just oh yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but thank goodness that Ferdinand reappeared and helped out Sarah, even though he slashed a woman's throat to do it. Also deeply <sighs> disturbing. Deeply disturbing. Yeah, because they even like I thought they were just going to slash her throat and that was it. No, they had to show her on the ground with the blood coming out of her throat again. Like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what is your deal show calm down it was it was really gross this week because we had the eye we had the teeth stuff and the cheek stuff we had the slashing of the throats and all of that and the the dead corpse that they got the that they dug up like there was a lot of gross stuff this episode yep. but i will take it over torture any day thank you very much that's true it's true <sighs> <laughs> With that full body shudder, should we transition to talking about Allison's storyline this week? <laughs> yes, let's. How much did I love Allison in the moment where I realized she was thinking of digging up a decomposing body to help Sarah? Like, oh, so much love for Allison this week. <laughs> Which is such a weird, <laughs> a weird, a weird thing sentence. to say. But it's a weird sentence, yes. No, I was thinking it too, because she's like, yes, we're going to exhume leaky so so we can get a maggot bot to to help my sister <laughs> and then i was like oh it's so heartwarming wait a second <laughs> no because i i really I, I got emotional about allison talking about sarah as her sister and how she mm-hmm. needs to help her sister by finding the maggot body or the by finding the maggot body you by finding <laughs> the maggot bot in in the decomposing body of Alice Leakey who is under their fighting the maggot bot in the maggoty body <laughs> yes ew <laughs> sorry and then the whole <laughs> it's like no Donnie we're doing this go go rent a jackhammer and then Donnie's just like we should just, just buy, buy one, one. <laughs> 
I swear, watching the scenes with Allison and Donnie, as well as with Helena and Donnie, Tatiana Maslany and Christian Brun must have just the best time together shooting. Like, they, they, you can, I think you can tell how much fun they have <laughs> working together and doing those scenes together. From the behind the scenes stuff, they do. <laughs> they do. But the, like I mentioned before, I just thought the Skype call when they were contacting Kasima was the best thing I have seen in so, so long. <laughs> With Donnie, like, rushing through this confession. <laughs> it was raining that night. I remember that distinctly when the windshield wipers were crappy and I kept <laughs> But I love this, like, and so, and then I killed Dr. Leakey and buried his body in my garage. But, you know, now he has a maggot back in his sheet, so maybe things work out. <laughs> oh, uh, Donnie. At some point during that confession, they just cut to Kasima's reaction and it cracked me up so hard. I wish she was just staring at them like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then Allison, we went through all this trouble to procure it. Do you want it or not? <laughs> I saw something online. Somebody posted something like wishing that next episode either Kasima or Scott utters the words, Bring me the head of Aldous Leakey. Leakey. <laughs> well, as they were having that conversation with Kasiba, I was thinking, oh, that head removal thing, that you, video that you watched when you had to cut off uh, <laughs> Seth's head, that might come in handy again real soon. I was thinking that, too, as they were exhuming the body. I was like, he, mm -hmm. they should really have contacted Kasima or Scott by now. They would have had better equipment for this or, you know, at least protective wear. Because... <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know it was mean of me, but all of the the gagging that they were doing in the garage, I laughed every single time. I, I'm so, <laughs> it's terrible, I know, but but Donnie gagging and then vomiting at the end of the Skype call, it just made me laugh. You weirdo! <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I have sympathy for you, Donnie, and I think y'all are great for doing that for Sarah. But it was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be funny, because it's Donnie and Allison. Mm-hmm. But I also love the Helena stuff with them. And, you know, at the beginning of the episode, Donnie comes in and brings a robe to cover up Helena, who's just, like, wandering the house in a towel. <laughs> it was sweet, but I also thought maybe he was worried that somebody might see her and see the scarification on her back. Oh, I assumed that's what it was, too. Okay. But it was it was both like a sweet gesture and a please keep that covered because yeah. somebody might see it. Right. With the refrigerator door just wide open. Yeah, in any episode where Helena eats a lot, I'm going to enjoy that episode. <laughs> it's I true. I left all the snack detritus around her. She was lying on the floor later on. She was like on the phone with Sarah and there was just stuff within, I think, probably a little bit further than arm's reach just all around her. Just, yeah, you, you could just see, like, okay, there's the Helena spot where she used to be laying down. <laughs> there's this is the gap for Helena and then all this food surrounding it. Like some some nacho cheese chips or something and crackers and I don't know what all was there. But, but yeah, camped out on the floor next to the TV room. And it made me sad in the in the first scene where she was by the refrigerator that she mentioned Sarah hadn't been answering her calls. So I was very glad to see the phone call between them. Yes. Is that why Sarah wasn't answering? She was waiting for the camera to show up? 
probably she was busy with the maggot pot thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was. I'm glad we got to see that, too, because that was something that Helena had mentioned before. You know, I can't wait to or I must tell my sister. Mm-hmm. Tell my sister. And she did. And it was it was just masterful how how Orphan Black it is just masterful, I should say, how Orphan Black can switch between tones so fluidly without it feeling jarring or interrupting. Because suddenly there was just that super touching moment between the two of them. And then it immediately switches back into like dark comedy mode when, you know, Helena has to go open the door to the police detectives. Such as Orphan Black, though. That's, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of the appeal, aside from everything Tatiana Masane. Yeah. And technological wonders with Tatiana Masane. I think that's really the, the big amazing thing about the show is how they've managed to incorporate the various tones into one show. Like, it rarely happens. And it rarely happens this seamlessly, as you just said exactly i had a question about the phone call between the two of them because there's that very sad moment where helena says to sarah that she doesn't want her babies to grow up like her and they both kind of tear up and i do too and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was curious about that line it could just be helena is saying that to sarah to say it but i i was wondering if there was something she was implying there like maybe she might be considering not raising her children herself maybe finding adoptive parents for them did you have any thoughts about that at all i was kind of wondering about the underlying meaning of that too yeah cuz like it could be that or it could be a if anything happens to me mm-hmm. make sure that doesn't happen or yeah. i mean i don't know yeah but i like that Sarah was kind of, yeah, I get that. Because I think that Sarah is essentially saying, same here, right? Mm-hmm. Sarah didn't have the greatest circumstances growing up either, so. Mm-hmm. She was lucky and she found Mrs. S, but right, that was still a difficult transition. And I mean, obviously, from what we've heard, Sarah's childhood wasn't really an easy one either. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she got in trouble a fair amount as a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I love the idea of Helena staying with Donnie and Allison and them just kind of parenting Helena's children together. Mm hmm. Just one big happy family. Yes. It's a little strange and they have to pretend. Maybe at some point, at that point, they can maybe say, like, oh, she's Allison's cousin. Isn't it weird how much they look alike <laughs> to the neighborhood so that Helena doesn't have to keep pretending to be Allison? But. What was that yeah, TV I show? I like that idea. Identical Cousins, the Patty Duke show. Thank you, Patty Duke show. <laughs> They're two of a kind. Yep. <laughs> I also love that moment in the in the Allison Helena Donnie storyline where <laughs> Donnie comes into the garage and his you know his wife is down in that hole on top of the dead body they buried and he's telling her that the detective showed up about the Portuguese that were killed by Helena. I'm like, you guys are involved in too many crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And Allison's immediate response is about this. About this. <laughs> No, the other crime we're connected to. <laughs> the second of three. <laughs> I mean, Allison didn't know about that one. <laughs> I think she did. Well, I mean, she wasn't there for it, is what right, I'm... Right, right. But I'm sure she was told afterward. 
I would hope so. Mm-hmm. As she goes into the laundry room and sees Helena's bloody things. I guess. I don't know. Her bloody things. <laughs> well, I know, but... So, uh-oh, the police have shown up and are sniffing around the Hendrixes again. It was only I, a matter of time. We were it was. wondering last season if it was going to come back to, to bite them in the behind, and it has. Luckily, though, I mean, they had a security camera set up there. I'm hoping, though, it was just kind of a... It wasn't recording. It just was so they could see who was outside because, hello, they'd both be on camera showing up at the at the, the drug dealer's place the day that they died. Mm-hmm. And but, leaving bloody. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't remember it's Helena saying anything about, oh, yeah, I took care of the camera or Donnie saying anything about that either. I could be misremembering. But that, that does have me worried that they're going to find camera footage of them. No, they didn't say anything about it, but I, I feel like that means they didn't find any footage because otherwise they would have taken them to the police station or something. Yeah, right? that's what I'm thinking too. At this point, if they're if they're if they're running down, you know, campaign flyers at this point, surely, surely they would have checked camera footage first if there was there was any to check. Exactly. It's been enough time that they would have found it by now. I would mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. if it was there to find, so. Were you holding your breath when they asked Helena that question about Allison's campaign team? Not really. You knew she'd come through with the information? No. But I wasn't... I was I was thinking she would guess, like, Felix or some name that she might have known, but the fact that she knew all of those names and so specifically, I was not expecting. Yeah, like, what do we think that means? Do we think it well, means something? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it means what Allison thought it meant. It's just the fact that... That's kind of Helena's, what Helena was trained to do was to learn about people and absorb information. So, you know, perhaps that was just a logical step to Helena. I'm having to pretend to be Allison some of the time because of my current situation. I should learn stuff about her. Possibly. Sure. I was actually thinking back at the end of last season, she was hopeful that she'd get to go on the campaign bus with Allison and Donnie. Mm. So maybe she'd studied up on who was who, or maybe she was just paying attention when Allison was talking about it at some point. Who knows? So. Mm, yeah, that's true. I forgot that she was around then while the campaign was still going on at the end of last season. So you're right. Maybe she just absorbed that information and kind of tucked it away in her brain somewhere. Right. Because remember, Donnie was like, I've got a surprise for you. And she's like, I get to go on the campaign bus with, with Sister Allison. Right. But no, the surprise was Jesse. Hmm. Where is Jesse, by the way? I know, and she hasn't mentioned him either. I'm super curious about that, too. Though I had a question about that scene and the campaign staff, because when they were asking about Allison's campaign manager, Donnie said it was Sarah Stubbs. I thought Felix was her campaign manager, because don't we see Sarah Stubbs doing stuff campaign-related at that event where Kasima pretended to be Allison for a while? Yes. Short answer, yes, but also in the last episode of last season, it seemed more like it was Sarah Stubbs instead of Felix. Okay, so maybe she took over. It could be, because remember, she's the one who came and said, you know, we've got X number of minutes before we need to go, or or the mm-hmm. polls close and however many, I don't remember exactly what it was she said, but she came in and said something that sounded like she was managing Allison. 
Okay. So maybe there was a transition that I for- that I forgotten about. You remember the end of season three way better than I do. I need to go back and rewatch. Because <laughs> I watched it right before season four started. Ah, see, I that I just had been really busy and I didn't do that. Stupid, stupid Stephanie. <laughs> I only saw I only watched about half of the season. I watched like the first half of season three and then the last episode because that's all I had time for before season four started. Mm. Well, thank you for providing these little tidbits that I've forgotten. I appreciate it. It's what I'm here for. <laughs> so so rounding out our, our regular clone club, we had Kasima and and little Kira had a very interesting and upsetting conversation in this episode. Another sort of cringe inducing moment because what is going on with Kira? Because <sighs> she the poor thing seems to be semi-zoned out and when she's not semi-zoned out she's still kind of creepy and acting out and it seems very unkira like and it's so upsetting to me i know because when they showed her just looking off in the distance i i I turned to susan and i asked are she disassociating what is going on and and the answer might still be yes but then they they spun it that she was having a vision for lack of a better expression uh, but yeah, it is. I am really worried about Kira because it just feels like nobody is paying attention to her, and I don't understand why. I know, but let's talk about that that vision slash dream slash whatever it was. Because yikes, she had a dream that her aunt set her mother on fire. Hmm. Is this somehow perhaps related to? Mrs. S setting their house in Iceland on fire? Hmm. I don't know. That's all I'm coming up with so far. Yeah, the idea that, and, and Kendall Malone's house as well, like this idea of needing to erase all DNA trace. But I mean, of, Kara wasn't there for that, so. Right, I know, I know. But I'm just, from what we've seen of how fire has been used on this show is what I'm saying. Oh, uh-huh. You know, this idea of needing to erase all DNA trace of Mostly it's been Kindle, but, you know, potentially, I guess it could be Sarah, too. <sighs> yeah, and maybe this, I, again, I think we're supposed to suspect it might be related to the maggot bot thing. Like, there's no good out for Sarah in regards to that thing. And this is, Kira's vision is perhaps the the out, the only out that she's going to have. Uh, but yeah, it's very upsetting, the the idea of Sarah needing to be set on, on fire by her sister's. Because no. I will say it was really nice to see a scene with Kira and like this random tertiary character. I can't remember another scene where she's really, I guess there was that, that lady in, in the dyad when she was in the dyad, but I, I, I like it when I get to see kind of secondary characters being given in scenes where they're kind of like by themselves with some day player. It's like, hey, they're kind of moving up in regards to importance in the storyline. I assume you're talking about Hell Wizard? Yes. Poor Hell Wizard, who we should mention, we got a message from Haley on Twitter saying that he is Scott's friend from last season, who we saw a couple times. But poor Hell Wizard just did not expect he'd be babysitting, I assume. Yes. And 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 thank you, Haley, for the correction. I'm sorry I didn't remember you, Hell Wizard. I usually have a good memory for faces, but sorry. Apparently you haven't seen season three recently. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That was a, that was a, he was sweet with Kira, though. I liked that scene, even though Kira was upsetting in that scene. Right. And acting out, but. Yes. But he was covering for, he was being cool. Mm-hmm. In his Dungeons and Dragons sweater. 
I wish he hadn't have covered for her because maybe if he hadn't covered for her, maybe Sarah would have stuck around a little bit longer. Yeah. Probably not. But I, I almost wish he had said that she knocked it over on purpose and be like, Sarah, stay, stay, spend time with your daughter. Or at least know that something is wrong, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, though, since she talked to Kasima, maybe Kasima will talk to Sarah and she'll spend some time with Kira. Though I, I'm kind of hoping, since I think Kasima's going to be pretty much located in the comic book store science lab for at least a big chunk of the season, I'm kind of hoping for some more anti-Kasima Kira bonding time. Mm-hmm. Here's hoping. I mean, how sweet was Kasima with Kira? We talked about making a little nap nest and I know. Aww. I love anti Kasima and Kira scenes. They're super sweet. So sweet. Shall we talk about Rachel? Yes, I was wondering when we would get back to Rachel. And, and we're back so to we the did. creepy needle in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and we seem to have been introduced to the caster clone who is kind of, or the caster equivalent of Rachel, I guess. He seems to have been raised separate from all the other caster clones as kind of a control type clone. I'm calling him the non-caster caster clone. Okay. <laughs> That seems complicated, but I'll I'll go with you on this. It is one. <laughs> complicated. You don't have to call him that, but I'm going to for now. Okay. <laughs> but yes, his name is Ira, which if you watched the After the Black special, you saw it's Ari backwards. Mm. As in Ari Millen, who plays the caster clones. I mean yeah. you you would have known that other way, but yes. <laughs> but they did they did draw attention to it on After the Black. And clearly they're wanting Ira to be very, very different from any of the other caster clones that we've seen. He's a little effete. Rachel makes a nasty comment about him being not a real man. Rachel. (laughs) Rachel, again, she reappears and I have such complicated feelings toward her where I have sympathy towards her and I think it's unfair the way that she's being treated, but then she's not a nice person at the same time. Rachel's just a bully, really. But I really liked seeing her interactions with Charlotte. I thought those were really interesting and it, they were really compelling for me. Right. It's interesting because we see her be kind to her, but we also see her not be that kind to her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's still Rachel, so she's still kind of a bully. But um, it's interesting because she does seem to genuinely care about Charlotte, but also she's using Charlotte. <laughs> Yeah. You know, because it's Rachel. It's what Rachel does, apparently. But at the same time, you can't really blame her, you know? (laughs) Well, no, I mean... Like, yes, it's unfortunate that it's a child that she's having to exploit, but what uh, what are her other options? It's not like Ira's going to be disloyal to Rachel Duncan's mother, Susan Duncan. I had blanked on her first name. I shouldn't have. That's my partner's name. (laughs) (laughs) But Susan Duncan is so different from my Susan. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I can confirm. (laughs) But Rachel seemed genuinely affected by the revelation that Charlotte was cloned from her. And she also seems genuinely affected by the fact that Charlotte seems to be showing symptoms of the respiratory disease, the clone disease that the leaders get. I know. I said that too. Not poor sweet Charlotte, who apparently keeps getting handed from caretaker to caretaker. And we still haven't gotten a good explanation as to how she was passed from Marion Bowles to where she is currently. What the heck happened to Marion Bowles? 
I have no idea, but I'm worried. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, Susan Duncan says something about she's had a series of unfortunate caretakers or something like that, right? Right. I'm like, hey now. As soon as she said that, I was like, how did you kill Marion Bowles, Susan Duncan? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Upsetting. Susan Duncan freaks me out. She's very disturbing and clearly has an evil agenda. She's yet another evil scientist. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, speaking of scientists, she's she's a lesbian and a, no, she's a scientist and a lesbian. She's not going to let it go, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping Made us back. laugh so hard. <laughs> but jumping back forward to, to evil scientist Susan Duncan, we had that, like you mentioned, the reveal of, you know, we're going to make a better human being. So I guess finally we have a not surprising motive for... Neolution and whomever Susan Duncan is affiliated with. Mm-hmm. But that's been their like their stated goal. I guess that's again why it didn't feel like like a weird. It felt like a weird ending scene because it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of what we'd known about evolution or Neolution. Excuse me, since the beginning. <laughs> Evil Lucian. Evil Lucian. <laughs> uh, never. Chris mind. just tickled herself. She's so <laughs> clever. <laughs> I'm not, but that's. I laugh at stupid things. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Because it isn't surprising, but it's also kind of like every science fiction thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a bit uh, overdone as far as a motivation goes for evil science. Mm -hmm. But we'll see what it, where it's going. And honestly, I'm not, when it comes to that storyline like rachel being held captive essentially by susan duncan and interacting with ira that's not i think the meat of that storyline so honestly i don't know that it really matters this whole overbuilding oh, a new a better human being because i think there's more interesting dynamics to explore in that storyline than than that particular idea right and i mean going back to even what season two where delphine and leaky have the conversation about being eugenicists I mean, that's mm. what eugenics was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not remotely surprising, but it's still upsetting. So since you mentioned Delphine, and we're in the context of the storyline involving Ari Millen, I'm making this, this, this is a segue, 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 segue. <laughs> be sure to draw attention to it. <laughs> I I noticed that this week, you know, Ari Millen's name suddenly appeared in the opening credits. He was not in the in the opening credits for episode one and two, because I looked very carefully. I was looking for Evelyn Brochu's name as well as other names. And I found that encouraging in regards to Delphine that Ari Millen's name suddenly appeared in the opening credits this week. Oh, but this show has always done that, though. Like, people only have their names in the episodes that they're in. Not everybody, though. Like, Dylan Bruce was always credited, regardless of whether he's in the episode or not. Oh. Yeah. So not everybody. So I, that was just like, oh, Depends yeah, on their they, contract, then. <laughs> well, because I feel like also in episode one of this season, they had Christian Bruin credited, and I don't think he was in that episode at all. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But I I just wanted to, that, that sort of clicked in my brain, like, okay, so, you know, it's, it, just because Evelyn's name isn't in the opening credits doesn't mean she isn't going to appear at some point this season. But also don't get your hopes up just in case. No, 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 no. That's, yeah. Even-tempered. I just I just noticed that and wanted to point it out. Okay. <laughs> Chris is like, please don't send us upset emails. You said Delphine would be back. No, we didn't. <laughs> I just, I want to be really clear here, because 
we don't know anything. Yes, we know nothing. And always, like, hope for the best, but, like, prepare yourselves mentally in case she doesn't show up. Yeah. I just... I am hopeful that she will be back at some point. May not be this season even, but I am hopeful that Delphine will be back. I have not lost hope that Delphine will return. I mean, I'm on the same page, by all means. Because there, there isn't resolution still, you know? Right. But no angry emails saying that we said Delphine would return when she didn't. We did not say that. We didn't get MK this week. I really missed MK. Yeah. Already we're attached to MK. I know. Two episodes in, I'm like, where's MK? I got really hopeful that we had that scene where Sarah went to go talk to her contact. I forget that guy's name. It's like Breezy or Dizzy or Dizzy or something like that. I think it sounded like Dizzy, but... yeah. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's that type of name. When she went to go see that guy and they were talking about MK, I got hopeful that maybe she'd appear by the end of the episode, but no MK this week. Can I just call him Beardy Guy? Sure. Let's call him Beardy. <laughs> we also got an email from Nina. She mentioned, I hope that we get some more flashbacks with Beth because I enjoy them very much and didn't know that I wanted to know more about Beth until I saw it. She's such an interesting character and I want to see what happened when she went out with the blonde wig and the gun. I have the feeling that she maybe killed that pregnant girl from the club, because that would be something that could have broken her in the end. But I think they will explore that in the upcoming episodes. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mention before, but I, I liked that scene that we got where we saw Sarah watching the videotape of Beth. Mm-hmm. It was it was a small, brief moment, but I, I really liked it. What I kind of liked about it is that it was actually footage of Paul that we saw her mm-hmm. sort of looking somewhat sorrowfully at the TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a nice touch. And I agree with you, Nina. I would like to see more Beth flashbacks in, and I think they could do them. They they may not. They might go the route of discovering information or videotapes like they have in the past, but I'd be up for some more Beth flashbacks for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we get them at all. So we also got some messages on Tumblr regarding the last episode. Episode 402, right? Yes, 402, and I think also our episode about 402. Okay. Cyclone Rachel said, two things about the latest episode. Since you thought Sarah had gotten the maggot bot implanted during her time at Dyad, do you think Rachel has one too? Susan Duncan may have not wanted to do that to her daughter, but there's no telling what Rachel might do once she's more aware of what's happened to her, so the maggot bot might be a method of control or a failsafe if anything goes wrong. And two, could the spoken Afrikaans be a reference or connection to Amelia, Sarah's biological mother? We did actually get somebody on Twitter also mentioning that connection to South Africa. Mm-hmm. I had that thought, too, about it potentially being connected to Amelia. I would be surprised if Rachel had a cheek bot. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but that would surprise me. Yeah, I think it would surprise me, too. It seems like they maybe have other methods of control or study or whatever going on with Rachel, so... And Rachel is far more tied up in the clone experiment than Sarah is. Mm -hmm. Sarah, I think, is more of a wild card danger to Lita slash Dyad slash Neolution slash whatever the heck organization we're talking about now. So I I think it makes more sense that they would want to implant her, but not necessarily Rachel. Also, we still don't quite know what they're for, so. Mm -hmm. I I had the same idea, though, that Cyclone Rachel did, especially this episode where Sarah was talking to Beardy, and he notes the fact that, you know, putting it in their jaw is a is very close to the brain. Mm-hmm. And so it, it does seem like maybe they want that was like a 
a way that they could get rid of Sarah if they really needed to. I think she's more valuable to them alive, given her unique biology. However, I could see them wanting to have a failsafe. Right. I mean, especially given what we know about Actually, you and I don't even know as much as other people who've read the comics, but given the Helsinki situation, it wouldn't surprise me if they had what is essentially a, I don't know, self-destruct kind of button yeah. on there. So, so yeah. We also got a message from Smoke and Water saying, I definitely took the close-up of the hands, talking about Donnie and Helena, I definitely took the close-up of the hands as Donnie being excited about getting to be there for someone during a pregnancy since he's never had that opportunity before, rather than a romantic attraction. I think it's really cute how excited he is, but I definitely see Allison slash Helena slash Donnie clashing over it later in the season. I agree. Yep. I mean, the potential for not even necessarily conflict, but just tension, I guess. I mean, the tension's already there to some extent, so I, I feel like that's probably going to flourish later in this season. Do we think maybe, since you brought up the possibility of Helena not raising her children, do you think maybe she'll end the season or something with leaving her twins with the Hendrixes and disappearing into the night? I did consider that possibility. I hope it doesn't happen. Me too. But I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it does. I just made myself sad, Stephanie. Or even if she didn't disappear into the night, but if she decides that she's better off being their Auntie Helena than raising them. Yeah, I could see that. Which also makes me sad, because we know how much Helena... Wanted to have a child. Yeah. yeah. But she's a good auntie, so, you know, it's still okay. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who sent in feedback. We'd love to hear your feedback about this episode of the podcast, as well as episodes of Orphan Black. You can leave comments on our show notes for this episode over at tatianaiseveryone.com slash 102. You can send an email to feedback at tatianaiseveryone.com. You can also call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223, or you can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. We are on Twitter at TIE Podcast, and we are also on Facebook. Tatiana is Everyone is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. We've got podcasts for Killjoys and Lost Girl and some other things, including our new podcast called Finalysis on which we're covering episodes of The 100 and Winona Earp. You can find all of those at askgenretv.com. And this week, the Groucho Marx glasses were played by Tatiana Maslany. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>